What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. We've gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again We are exploding, the world is gonna know it We'll rock it like you're never gonna see us again Come on over Come on over Good evening everyone, it is 11pm and Pure Gold is once again live and on the air for this Wednesday night, September 10th, 2014 Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is and takes the months of July and August pretty much off. We're back to you with another brand new episode. My name is Joe Buccino. My tag team partner and co-host, I think, is still David Gomez. Sir, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here, I'm here, folks. As always, to make sure to check us out every week or something to that effect, give us a call at 714-364-472 and check out our website, puregoldpg.com. Which I don't think it's been updated in about a month, sir. Take it over. Thanks, Dave. Well, like I said, uh, we haven't been doing a show for at least a month or so. Um, it feels it feels much longer than that, but I think we did a, a show or two maybe in August. Definitely maybe. Uh, but tonight, it's just me and Dave talking about the hot topics um, going on in the world today. Mostly some NFL talk. We'll talk some WWE because we haven't talked about SummerSlam, and, uh, you know, they're ready to do another pay-per-view night of champions in a week or so, so I just want to get um, some thoughts on SummerSlam and how the WWE has been progressing since then. And we'll get into some topics that, um, like I said, hot topics like tomorrow being 9-11, you know, being sentimental, being my mom's birthday as well as just a tragic day 13 years ago. So there's definitely things, a lot of things to talk about, sir, but I, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say that the the biggest topic that everyone's talking about, and unfortunately it's eating up um, all talk radio, um, sports talk radio, is this whole unfortunate incident in the NFL with Mr. Ray Rice, former Rutgers alum, um, and the fact that I, I guess the, uh, to start the NFL, I think dropped the ball with this whole like domestic violence case because um, I just think there's a lot of different factors here. Ray, Ray was dropped by the Baltimore Ravens, and now the NFL has suspended him indefinitely. Sir, just give me your take from what you've seen. When first, let me ask you, what did you think when you first saw that new video footage that they they produced from TMZ? Well, I think like everybody else, I was. Uh, I mean, I don't think surprise is the word, but maybe repulsed, uh, horrified, possibly it would be a better word. It was just unbelievable to watch this man just. I mean, well, let me say this much. Obviously, his his now wife was attacking him, and you know there were some issues going on there. But man, I tell you, just the fact that this guy he hit her so hard, he basically knocked her crap out of her. But not only that, if you watch the video, he punches her, gives her a left hook. She hits her face on the uh, on the wall and on the rail. That anybody who's ever been in the elevator would know. There's always a rail there, you know, to hold on to her, whatever the case is. So she was out cold, completely unconscious which is un, you know, unfathomable. And the part that gets me, sir, not just the fact that he hit her, but what really disgusts me about this whole thing is the way he treated her afterwards, like she was just some sack of potatoes he was dragging around. I mean, you see him dragging her, her face first, hanging down, not even, you know, a more comfortable way. And again, I, I, you know, this is semantics, but he could have dragged her the other way, arm, you know, under her arms uh, and, and behind her, which would have made more sense. But instead he's got her knees dragging, her legs dragging, he just kind of flops it down like a piece of crap, like a dog turd on the floor, and her legs are basically hanging in between the the, uh, the door. And as anybody who's been in an elevator knows, if you go to an elevator, um, if you you're in that gap, 
in between the outside of the elevator and the actual elevator itself, it's going to keep opening and stuff. It just doesn't make any sense. Obviously, this is not the first time this has happened to anybody who thinks this is the first time Ray Rice struck his, uh, you know, his woman. You'd be a complete fool. It's very nonchalant about it. Definitely not, no signs of remorse, which baffles me. And just the way he treated her, it's just disgusting. Um, now, obviously, this is a hot-button topic, you know, domestic violence, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact is that when it all boils down to it, I mean, he treated her like a piece of garbage. He hit her, he, you know, knocked her out. The problem I have is that I don't think there's any way the NFL didn't see this video. I don't think that's even possible. So I believe what's going on here is they, they didn't know what to do. They suspended him for two games, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, uh, this video came out. They were hoping this other this video would never come out. It did. Somebody must have sold it somebody in the security of the, the, um, the club or the hotel the casino, whatever it was, that's now closed down. Um, I believe it was a casino. And, uh, you know, somebody sold it because once your, you know, job closes down, you have no obligations to them anymore. Trying to make some bucks off it. I'm sure they made quite a few. And now the NFL is embarrassed. And now it's like, oh, well, now we're going to suspend them indefinitely. He gets cut by the Ravens. I mean, I think all parties involved probably saw this. I just think that now they're embarrassed and it's out in public. So then they take this, this huge action. What do you think, sir? I think what's um, interesting to me is the fact that um, this is not the first time, this is not going to be the last time a domestic violence case has uh, will come into the uh, spotlight, especially with a celebrity. I mean, you look at the NFL from top to bottom, I mean, there's a lot of different people that are doing different things. I mean, I, I go, I think right away to what Ray Lewis did back uh, one Super Bowl weekend when he, like, was part, he didn't, like, physically uh, was part of a killing of a, another human being, but um, he was definitely had some friends that were he was associated with that ended up killing a human being during Super Bowl one Super Bowl weekend one year, and the fact that don't, I think the only reason why this is getting so much press, some so much hot, why Ray Rice is in like so much uh, <laughs> I guess deep trouble is the fact that this the second video came out. You know, you look at other things like Michael Vick and um, who mutilated dogs. There's no actual video that was ever produced or nobody's ever seen it and never came out to the public. So I think Ray Rice is is now the poster child for domestic violence because it got out. If this video never got leaked out, I think you'd you'd have like a two-game suspension. People would argue back and forth saying, how can you give the guy two-game suspension? But now you look at this new video and everyone's like appalled. Not only the NFL, but you have like the women's uh, women activists. You have different um, different just societies, different. organizations are all up in arms and I, I i what i do agree with you is the fact that the nfl knew about this other video they just didn't want to get out what what i'm surprised is like if you're roger goodell who's the commissioner of the nfl why are you trying to cover this up i mean is ray rice that much of a money maker that you only want to give him a two-game suspension i mean you saw the video, suspend him for the year, and then be done with it. The fact that he only got a two-game suspension, I just think that's why the second video was produced. Um, and now it's it's just a mess, a complete and utter mess. No, I agree with you. There's no, there's no doubt about it. And the fact that, um, you know, the fact that here we are, this video comes out, which, you know, again, the NFL, if they wanted to get it, they could have gotten it, and I don't think they didn't get it, but that's besides the point. Um I mean, Ray Rice is losing a ton of money, which is a good thing, I guess. You know, he lost his sponsorship with uh, Nike. He's been removed from the cover of, uh, you know, uh, the newest Madden, you know, 2015 or whatever. Um, it, just, it just gets me because people are going to hate on Ray Rice. And, again, you can't defend what he did. They're going to hate him like as if he did it to them. And same thing with Vic. People haven't forgiven Vic. You know, there's all kinds of crazy things going on in the world. And people, not that dog fighting is okay, not that abusing animals is okay. People will harp on that and then say nothing about, you know, illegal abortions or, you know, babies being murdered or, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, political agenda you have. People will be up in arms about dog fighting, but they won't be up in arms about, about you know, you know, partial birth abortions or things of that nature when people get, when kids get abused, little kids get molested and raped and et cetera, et cetera. And that's the issue that I have with that. Well, people are going to go nuts about Vic. They're going to hate him for the rest of their lives. They're going to hate Ray Rice for the rest of their lives. And it's just, it's just too much for me. I, I just can't, you know, I can't go down that road. But that's the road that so many are going to choose to follow, which is unfortunate. You know, hopefully the guy 
will realize what he did was wrong, and not just because he got caught, and hopefully his, him and his wife will work this out, and this will never happen again. But clearly this is something that has happened and more than once. There's no way he hasn't beaten her down at least a couple of times there. Yeah, and I agree. And what's interesting, too, is that you have people that are in the NFL that are still playing football to this day or, or were playing after even like um, even after a manslaughter case like, you know, um, I, forget, I think it was Dante Stallworth was actually killed a man uh, while intoxicated with, uh, with alcohol. So the fact that um, he was able to play after killing a, a human being, albeit manslaughter, I, I, I'm going to have um, a tough time believing that any NFL team is going to want to sign Ray Rice even after his suspension is up with the NFL. I know that the Baltimore Ravens released him. I, I don't think any team at this point would want to take on somebody like that. I mean, we comp- I, I don't think it's a good comparison, but somebody like Michael Sam, who just signed with the Dallas Cowboys, was released by the, the, the St. Louis Rams. And, again, right. I don't think any NFL team wants that, that kind of press. It's like that Tim Tebow thing with the Jets. Uh, a couple of years ago or last year, um, you don't you don't want that distraction on your team. I I don't think Ray Rice ever plays football again in the NFL. He might play for the CFL or, but I, I don't ever see him playing in the NFL anymore. And I blame part of that for the NFL for covering up this second video. Well, I I don't know if that's too strong. I think he I I definitely think he will play again. I actually totally disagree with you, but I think somebody's going to be desperate enough to sign him at some point. Once all the media hype blows over, I think it's going to be a while. But you know, if the fact that the fact that Michael Vick, who did what he did, and it was such a big deal, if he did that, he can play again in the NFL. Then definitely, Ray Rice will be back in the NFL at some point, just not anytime soon. So, um, I definitely do not agree with you when it comes to that. Although I do think he'll pretty much be blackballed for a while. So there's you know no doubt about that. Do you think that um, he's paying for the crime that he committed? Um, or do you think he's paying for the, the cover-up that the NFL um, did with the second video? I mean, what are your thoughts? Do you think that, I mean, a two-game suspension was a joke when I first heard domestic violence. I didn't even have to see a video. When I heard domestic violence and I compared it to other suspensions in the NFL, I was thinking, like, you should at least get eight games, if not the whole year, when it comes to something that serious. So do you think that Ray Royce is paying for his crime uh like, you think he, it's just, or do you think that it's just because the NFL has now covered it up and now they have to clean up their mess and just suspend them, like, for the full year and indefinitely? Um, I think that I think that it, it's just a mess from start to finish. I think that they knew what was going on. They had no sort of, uh, you know, precedent for this, so they didn't know what to do. They did something light, and they got screwed for it, and now people know about it, and there's probably going to be some boycotts, and there's probably going to be some issues there. So I don't think there's, uh, I don't think there's any doubt that this is uh, – just blew up in the NFL's face, and there's no way that they could have, no way that they should have covered it up, and they really, they really made a big mistake. They handled this terribly, and I think it's going to be a big issue for them going forward, at least for this season. Is it too extreme to call for Roger Goodell's head and tell him that he must be removed as the commissioner of the NFL? You think that's too extreme? He's not going to get fired, uh, not over this. I mean, the owners love him, so I don't see Goodell going anywhere unless he, you know, commits some sort of a felony. I don't see Roger Goodell going anywhere, sir. Yeah, I, I agree. I just think that he definitely handled this situation very poorly, and um, obviously you could see that that's all that like sports talk radio has been about the last couple of days is the fact that um, the NFL really just tried to cover the second video up and uh, did a poor job of it, and now it got out. TMZ released it, and um, now they're just trying to um, trying to focus on football, and I, I think that. That's the one thing that, as we segue into football, is the fact that it is back. Um, but our local teams, I mean, I, I want you to give me your take first because this past Monday night, the Giants opened up in Detroit, a pretty good Detroit team, Detroit Lions team. But from what I saw from the Giants, um, it's a new offense. Eli Manning struggled. Um, I know that the Giants cannot afford to go 0-6 again like they did last year. Obviously, definitely, maybe, especially when you've won two Super Bowls in the last five, six years. Uh, just give me your talk. Uh, give me your take on Week One's performance. It was awesome. I thought the Giants looked great. I thought Eli looked good. The secondary looked good. The defense looked good. I mean, I'm looking forward to the Giants probably going undefeated this year. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Um, <laughs> the Giants were a complete and utter disaster, just like the Obama administration. Oh. 
Um, I think this was uh, this is just uh, you know soup to nuts. Wait, where where is that soundbite there? Uh, let's let's see here. Wait, do do we not have it? Did you get rid of it, sir? No, I I didn't touch anything. But <laughs> <laughs> well, better late than never. Uh, I think that. <laughs> I think that uh, the Giants are going to be bad this year, real bad, worse than I thought. They just looked so terrible. I know I didn't pick them to be that bad before, but they just looked so disorganized. They looked like a complete and utter mess. Um, they looked like they had no idea what they were doing on any side of the ball, and if they don't get things together quickly, this is going to be a long, long season. Um, Eli, has, the thing is this, you know, and I was thinking about this yesterday. I was looking at the stats on the Monday night game. Ever since the Giants won the Super Bowl, basically, Eli's stats have steadily declined. I know many people, most people, who, like Eli, will say it's the offensive line's fault, and obviously this offensive line is, is a complete mess. So, yeah, that's definitely a thing. I, I think they have to shore up the offensive line to give Eli any chance of any semblance of, of, a, of an opportunity. But, I mean, he doesn't look good. The team doesn't look good. Nobody knows what they're doing. They have this new offense that they have no clue how to implement. And I think it's going to be a bad year, sir. I really do, and uh, it's going to be unfortunate. Now, I just got to address this for a second. I was listening to Joe and Evan yesterday, who I have no idea. I just flipped into the channel. Um, and it came on the scum. Uh, you know, I pretty much loathe Evan ever since he betrayed us, but that's besides the point. So I'm listening to them, and they have this guy calling. It's complete and utter. Just, you, your credibility instantly goes out the window with me. When you pull up and you start talking about how Joe and Evan are probably one of, are probably the greatest duo of all time on radio, this guy, I mean, all of a sudden, this guy, I, I, want, him, I want them to hang up on him because that's disgusting. Um, you, I, even if I was a fan of Joe and Evan, there's no way when I say they're the best duo ever. Um, so many better duos ahead of them. Hell, Russ and Steve were a better duo than Joe and Evan could ever possibly hope to be, but that's just like, oh, Joe and uh, and Sid were a better duo than Joe and Evan. Again, that's true. Point. But this guy's talking about how, you know, I'm, I'm tired of the Giants and I'm thinking of switching to be a Jets fan. This guy calls and how he's such a huge Giants fan. And yet he has the nerve to say he wants to switch and be a Jets fan. Are you kidding me? Anybody in their right mind who would ever go from being a Giants to a Jets fan is the scum of the earth. And what kind of an idiot calls in this show? I mean, you have no credibility if you're telling me you want to go from the Giants, who have always been pretty much across the board a better organization than the Jets, and have won two Super Bowls recently and four Super Bowls in, in this guy's lifetime because he's older than I am. And yet you're going to go for the Jets who haven't won the Super Bowl in, uh, wait, uh, 45 years? Yeah, GTH, pal. GTH. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, just give me yourself some that if you could. I mean, I just think, I thought that was so ludicrous and so ridiculous and so idiotic. I just couldn't believe it. I, I mean, I know that it's hard to relate to this, but, like, sometimes I feel like Giant fans are spoiled, just like Yankee fans are spoiled. I mean, anybody that says that, you know, they're a long-time, lifetime Giant fan then is considering moving to the Jets after one regular season game um, or just fed up from last year and this year is crazy. I mean, any Jet fan would take one Super Bowl for their lifetime. And like you said, the Giants have four in their organization throughout history and two recently, which is great too. So, that yeah, you're right, sir. That that guy is a total loser, and I, I don't know what he's thinking. I, I mean, no credibility at all. I, I would have hung up on two. The one thing I must say, though, about week one is that I, I think we tend to be, as fans, maybe not so much you or me, but I think fans in general tend to be too extreme after week one. I mean, your team, oh, yes, looked really bad on week one, but I'll also tell you that so did the Cowboys, so did the Redskins, and the, the Philadelphia Eagles were actually losing for a good portion of that game at home to the Jaguars. So it's not like anybody's going to run away in the NFC East with that division. I mean, the Giants, if they if they find it, if they get this offense together, and I think that they, they probably will have a pretty decent season. I mean, 9-7, and 6 is not out of the question, even though they lost the first game. So, I mean, people think that after week one, after you lose, it's like the season's over already. And I'm going to take the opposite approach with the Jets and tell you that after what I saw after week one, I'm going to go on the extreme opposite and say that I, I didn't like at all what the Jets did. They were playing a Oakland Raider team with a rookie quarterback, and the final score, I think, was like 1914 or something like that, where the, the Oakland Raiders could have easily beaten the Jets. Um, there was this one play, I don't know if you saw any of the highlights, but Chris Ivory ran off a 71-yard touchdown, and they showed Rex Ryan on the sidelines. It almost made me want to puke. He was jumping up and down like they had just won the Super Bowl. That 
when he ran this one for a touchdown. It was so bad. I mean, show some professionalism, Rex. I mean, it was week one against a bad Oakland Raider team that's coming to play in your your stadium, and you barely beat them 19-14, and then you have the gall to, to like, go nuts like a little sissy girl on the sidelines after winning uh, after scoring a touchdown. So bad. I mean, I gotta, gotta love the Joe Rance folks. Um, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's why I had such a problem with this guy talking about how he was going to become a Jets fan. I mean, why? Again, I know you're a Jets fan. A lot of people just but why would you switch from a team that has won Super Bowls to a team that couldn't win if you paid them? I mean, the Jets are not they're not they're not a good organization, sir. And obviously, I don't hate the Jets. I'm not a Giants fan who who spits on them. You know, I want them to do well. It's it's good for business, as it were. But man, I mean, come on, that's just that's just idiotic, and it doesn't surprise me what you're talking about with Rex. I, I feel like Rex is just, you know, everybody was was in love with Rex at the beginning, but you know, he's he's just got no clue either. I mean, he, he probably put he was probably the guy who made that phone call. He probably put the guy up to it. <laughs> the fact that the Jets have no cornerbacks, and the, the if you look at their schedule, they have to play the the Green Bay Packers, then the Denver Broncos, and two other great quarterbacks in the next four weeks. The Jets have better have won Week One because. I could see the Jets starting off one and five, or even two and four. At the, at, you know, and that's being realistic. Considering all these uh, quarterbacks that they're playing, and it's a passing league. The Jets have no quarterback at all. I don't know what, you know. I guess their their rookie quarterbacks are injured or just not playing that great. I don't know why the Jets, being twenty one million dollars under the cap, I don't know why they didn't go out there and try to get um, and shore up their cornerback. I think that their defense up front is great. But since this is a passing league, you do need to have two, two or three great cornerbacks, and I don't think the Jets have it. And now their schedule just gets extremely rough. And you know, you're, you're playing like a Green Bay Packer team um, in Green Bay next um, this Sunday coming up, and you know that they don't want to go 0 and 2. They already lost to the, um, the Seattle Seahawks this past Thursday on opening night. You know that the Aaron Rodgers is going to light it up, and I, I'm going to say that in week two. I think the Jets get obliterated. I think um, easily you could. I, I see I a thirty. I love your positivity, sir. I, I love it. <laughs> I'm being realistic. I'm not. I'm. I'm a realistic Jet fan. I, I could see a thirty-eight to like fourteen game, and it's it, it'll be just a blowout. I just think that the, Aaron Rodgers is going to find his game at home, and I think the Jets are going to be exposed because they have no cornerbacks. So for week two, I'm going to say that the Jets get blown out by the Green Bay Packers. I know you. Now come home to MetLife Stadium and play the Arizona Cardinals, um, who actually the Arizona Cardinals are actually a better team than people give credit for. Um, they just beat the San Diego Chargers this past Monday night too. So give me your take on this Sunday's game between uh, you and the Cardinals. I think the problem is that the Giants look so bad. And again, I'm not the type of person to overreact over one game. I just think the Giants, you know, all their weaknesses are exposed, and they, you know, what's supposed to be their their strength, which is their defense was a complete and utter embarrassment, an as I was used to say on WFN, an indecisive embarrassment of broadcasting incompetence. That's what I felt like I was watching. I was watching just disgrace after disgrace after disgrace. And I just, you know, I think the Giants need to show me something first. I'm, I'd never pick against my team, but I don't I don't think that they're going to win, to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm rooting for it, but um, I'm not holding my breath, sir. Not holding your breath? I mean... I understand that. I mean, it's it's a new I mean, offense. Did you, watch, it's, did you watch any of the game? The Giant game? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought that the Giants were going to get blown out, but the fact that they kept it 14 to 7, I thought the game was going to be 21 nothing before I blinked. I thought that the Jets were the Giants were going to get blown out. And yes, it, it, I guess technically they they get blown out, but um, it could have been a lot worse. I, I think they, they stabilized the game after 14-7, and they had a shot at one point in the third quarter to take the lead. Um, it just didn't happen. I, you know, it's Again, it's week one. Don't overreact. Sarah, this is pure gold. We have to overreact. Otherwise, we don't have a show. The, the ratings are in. You know, the people are listening. If we don't overreact, there is no pure gold. Let's get that right. <laughs> All right, so uh, other news and notes for me, just uh, because I watched the, the Thursday night game with the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers uh, last Thursday, I, I really thought that the Seattle Seahawks were going to be, again, a tough team to beat, especially at home because uh, with that 12th, the 12th man being the crowd, I just think it's a tough place to play. I think their defense is still good. Russell Wilson manages the game pretty well. He's a pretty decent quarterback, so... I mean, if they stay healthy, I don't see why the the Seattle Seahawks don't make a deep run. 
Um, the the San Francisco 49ers, everyone's been you know criticizing them this off season because of all their like uh, suspensions and and injuries. Um, but I, I think that they're going to still be a, a tough team to beat too. Um, and then just everyone else in the NFC just to me was just unimpressive. Like I wasn't impressed with the Falcons, the Saints, the Saints lost. I wasn't impressed with um, the Vikings, the, uh, even though they they blew up the Rams. So. Uh, again, it's week one, but uh, if if you're going to put a gun to my head, play. <laughs> <Bye-bye. Bye-bye. laughs> yeah, I, I think that the CLC Hawks. I still think that the CLC Hawks are not going to be your typical defending. <laughs> they're not going to be your defending. Uh, you're not. They're not going to be your typical defending champions. Where like the following year that they get, they're on the honeymoon phase. I think they're going to be just as hungry this year. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how you know, sir. Uh, you know, week two is coming up, but the week three is probably going to be the game of the year. I don't know if you know this, but the Seattle Seahawks play the Denver Broncos in Seattle. So I'd like to see if the Seattle, uh, if, if the Denver Broncos have recovered from that shellacking that they took back in February at MetLife Stadium. I think everyone's going to have their eyes tuned on to that game. I think it's even a Thursday night game, in fact. Well, I'll definitely be watching it. I, was, I remember being so upset watching that disgusting performance at, at the Super Bowl. You know, as you know, I'm a huge Peyton Manning fan, so that to me was just was just an absolute, you know, scum fest. So I'm hoping to see something out of these damn guys. But I mean, it, nothing will make up for the embarrassing loss in the Super Bowl. But you're right; I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of uh, a lot of mothers and fathers out there who are going to be watching this, uh, you know, watching the game closely, sir. Yeah, and you know, considering that the baseball season has been for us Met fans has been always a long one the last like three, four years. Um, Three or to, four to years? Be, what, 10, 20 years? <laughs> Maybe. You're right. Uh, but the fact that the baseball season always drags on for us, we're never relevant, um, you know, come September. Um, we have to hang on to the fact that it's only week one again for the NFL. We can't just be so pessimistic because, you know, the football season, before you blink, it's, it's October. Before you blink again, it's November. And then you're right into the playoffs and the Super Bowl's over. And then, you know what? It's back to baseball again. So, Let's uh, let's slow it down a little bit. Let's hopefully that the Giants and the Jets both win this week. I, I think the Giants are going to win. I don't think the Jets are going to win, uh, being a realistic fan um, on that take. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, as the saying goes, from your lips to God's ears, so hopefully that will be the case. I just, again, I just can't have confidence in this team. I don't know how anybody can have confidence in this Giants team, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. We will. Uh, since we're just talking about sports, we might as well just, um, not put a bow, but prepare to put the bow on the baseball season for the local teams. I mean, you look at the uh, New York Yankees, who um, just didn't have it this year, whether it would be real with injuries, their starting pitching wasn't good, their offense was putrid, and the fact that the, the Mets almost have the same record as the Yankees, which is a uh, pretty uh, impressive on the, uh, as a Mets fan, considering that the Mets were irrelevant for pretty much most of the year. Now they're making... Um, I guess a quote unquote run at the wild card, the second wild card, they're five and a half games out. Uh David Wright was a complete and utter disappointment. They shut him down for the rest of the year. I'm Did starting they? to wonder yeah, they shut as of today they shut him down for the rest of the year. I'm just wondering what do from what I hear already, because I listened to Joe and Evan too, sir, is that the Mets are not gonna spend any money next year either. So is their plan just to call up all these rookie pitchers that they have faith in and hopefully then go out and contend for a wild card? I, I mean, I, I don't know how how anybody how anybody goes to a Met game next year again if they don't spend money and decide to put uh, somewhat of a decent lineup on the field. Well, I don't know how anybody went to games this year. I mean, I look at the Mets team, and, and yeah, they have some exciting players, but they look like a triple-A ball club. They are a triple-A ball club. They, this team stinks. They have they have nothing. They have no you know they're not going anywhere. I just don't understand people who who are sitting here acting like the Mets are you know doing a good job when clearly they're not. Clearly they're just you know scumming it up. Clearly like you said they're not going to spend any money. You know Danielle is talking about the Mets have to assess what they have internally. Uh, here's a newsflash for you, Sandy. You don't have anything internally. You don't have anything internally that has any real value other than a couple of pitchers. Maybe you have nothing offensively on the team. I mean, Matt Dendecker's not an everyday player. Kurt Neuenheis is not an everyday player. Eric Campbell's not an everyday player. Uh, Wilmer Flores doesn't look like he's an everyday player. 
I mean, Dilson Herrera, these guys don't look like – you're going to start the season with these guys at key positions. I mean, it's going to be another train wreck of a season, honestly. Even with Matt Harvey here, what difference is, is a couple of games going to make? None. The fact is that the Mets are going to stink, and the Mets are going to stink big time. And, you know, if, if they're not willing to spend money, then what do we expect? You know, how do we expect people to even want to watch this product? Yet there's still going to be Mets fans who are going to go out there and, you know, act like they're doing – themselves a favor when really they're just putting money in the Wolpons' pockets, and the Wolpons are, are disgraceful, embarrassing, you know, scumhole, uh, you know, scumhole owners who just ruin lives. And you know, they they said they're not going to spend money. That's the issue. The fact is that the Mets refuse to spend money. All right, fine. But when you refuse to spend money like that, what you're basically doing is you're telling the fans, you know what? We're not going to give you anything. We're not going to improve this team. We're not going to give you any reason to tune in next year. We're just going to keep doing the same crap that we're doing now. So why would anybody watch this team? And the thing that gets me is that people still watch. That's what truly baffles me is the fact that people are still out there. People still thinking, man, you know, the Mets, you know, they you can do something. You know, people uh, on Twitter that I see getting upset because, uh, you know, no one's going to the ball games. Are you freaking kidding me? I'm upset that people actually do go to these games because it gives them even less reason to make any changes. I mean, you tell me, do you see anything in this organization – any reason at all to think that the Mets have uh, a shot? Or they're going to get anybody? Are they going to sign anybody? Are they going to bring anybody in here? I mean, no, they're not, and that's the problem. They have nothing in the organization that we can look forward to, and they're not going to spend any money, so it's, it's just going to be another train wreck of a season, sir. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you said, and on top of that, maybe you have heard this, maybe you haven't heard this, but the Mets fired their, their VP or director of uh, ticket oh, yeah, sales. Yeah. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I did. Did you hear that there's a lawsuit now? <laughs> oh, of course there's a lawsuit. I mean, the Mets are involved. Of course there's a friggin' lawsuit. I believe because this lady was actually, like, uh, is pregnant, and they fired her for, uh, I don't know what the reason was, but, like, how can you they fired, have... They fired her because uh, she was pregnant out of wedlock, apparently. Oh, out of wedlock, okay. But the fact that you would have somebody take the fall for the reason why his ticket sales weren't there... Uh, for her to blame one person, it's, I mean, the, the Wilpons, I, 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 we've said it a thousand times, sir, and I'm going to say it again. I don't know how you could run a team like this, lose money hand over fist, and and continue to run the team the way you do and just continue to just lose money. There's no way that the Mets made a profit um, if they didn't sell. I mean, their ticket sales must have been, at, they must have been down 40 to 50% from last year. So, uh, how does the Wilpon stay in business, and and how do they continue to run this team like a a Triple A ball club, Triple A ball club, instead of a a team that's in the, like the biggest market in the world? I, I, that baffles me. I, I agree, it baffles me too. I just again, I don't understand people who are going out there and supporting this team. I don't understand why. Why would you even want to bother? Why would you decide? You know what? Yeah, let me go out there. Let me support the Mets. The Mets are a disgrace. You know, they're a freaking joke. Come on. And the thing yeah. is, people still go. People still think, yeah, you know, I'm supporting my team. No, what you're doing is you're giving them a reason to say, you know what, we don't have to put money into this team because we have idiotic moron fans who are going to put money into our pockets for us. Like, come on, you're, you're, you're all idiots. Anybody out there supporting this team, you're an idiot. You deserve what you get. Exactly. You're right. I mean, you're right, you're you know, right. that's... that's that's pretty much all I can say. You know, this team has been bad for years. This is going to be the sixth straight season where they don't have a winning season. Uh, you know, and that's, that's disgraceful. That's friggin' disgraceful. But, yeah, people are going to say, well, you know, the Mets, the Mets, oh, the Mets, oh. <laughs> the Mets, yeah. You're right. And then just uh, to talk about the other New York team, but the uh, Yankees, who – this year was again uh, a disappointment in all, because of all the money that they put in again. So there's proof positive that you know money doesn't always win you um, championships, and money doesn't always make you a contender. Look at the Yankees and all the money that they put into the team. And again, I, yes, injuries had a big part of it, like with Tanaka. But you had Jacoby Ellsbury, you had uh, Brian McCann, um, and some other key people that they brought into the uh, the team this year, and they just didn't have it. Proof positive that. Um, you know, they could put as much money as they want, but um, you can't win all the time this way. And I guess the biggest topic to talk about real fast is the fact that, 
you know, we're only about two or three weeks away from Derek Jeter playing his last game as a New York Yankee. They had Derek Jeter Day uh, this past Sunday the 7th where they honored him. Um, I didn't really catch any of it. I just saw some highlights on the news. Um, as much, you know, as much as we, we rag on the Yankees, uh, Derek Jeter, in terms of his professional career, um, on and off the field, has held himself um, to such high regard. I mean, everybody, the guy doesn't have one blemish on him. Like, I don't think anybody's found any dirt on him except for the fact, I guess, that he dates, like, women just will never settle in and get married, I guess. Uh, you could rip him for But other than that, sir, um, yeah, 20 not, years. I mean, that's, that's not something you're, you know, you're, you can say that he's, you know, he, he maybe he just want to get married. I mean, there's really nothing. There's nothing negative you can say about this guy, which is which kind of sucks because I want to find negative stuff to say, but you can't. <laughs> there's just nothing there. He's, yeah. you know, he's a consummate professional. He's a great baseball player, probably the greatest human being who ever lived after Jesus. I mean, this guy is just <laughs> awesome. There's just no. There's just no way that you're gonna sit here and tell me that Derek Cheater isn't the you know the, the greatest player to ever lace up a pair of boots. To ever wear pinstripes. I mean, Derek Jeter is far and away the greatest man to ever live. I mean, this, let, let, let's just be real. You know, they had Michael Jordan out there. They had all these people out there. I mean, you know, come on, Jeter, best ever, hands down. Uh, you know, I wish he was a Met. I wish he had been there for us because we we really could have used this guy. I think that with Derek Jeter, I'm hoping Derek Jeter buys the Mets. As a matter of fact, hopefully he'll buy them from the Wilpons because I mean, this is can it get any worse for us as Mets fans? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean again, Jeter never has never done anything wrong, which I admire him for that. Obviously, definitely, maybe, and um, you know, he's he's definitely an all-time great. I don't think he's the greatest player of all time, like everybody seems to think. I mean, you know, all of a sudden the guy's retiring, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna start saying he's he's uh you know he's better than Babe Ruth. He's better than uh, you know any, anybody else you could think of that you would list as one of the greatest, like Mickey Mantle. You know, other other Yankees. Uh, you know, incidentally enough. But um, there's no way that you're going to say that Jeter is, is, not, is the best player ever. But, of course, there's going to be fans who say that. I mean, you know, give me your take, sir. What do you, what do you think about uh, DJ3K? <laughs> I, I think that their Jeter, um, you know, was a great base hit hitter. I mean, he finished, I think, sixth all-time in hits, um, which is a, a pretty impressive, I think, even though he played 20 years. Piro's played much more than 20 years, so... Um, I, I think he was. I think, I think Pete Rose is still playing, actually. Oh, you're right. He's probably still getting some hits here and there. Um, but um, Derek Jeter, again, professional, true professional. Um, I, the thing, the one pet peeve I hate about Derek Jeter is that he never has um, really struck out in his lifetime looking, because every every pitch to him was like a ball. He would always move out of the way, argue balls and strikes <laughs> for the most part. So I always was annoyed about that about him. Other than that. No complaints. Um, but yeah, if he was a Met, though, sir, let's face it, he would not have been as good as or as clean as he has, has been for the last 20 years. So uh, I guess be thankful that he grew up and stayed as a Yankee for all 20 years. What no, I if find he interesting. Met, if, if he was a Met, he probably would have been addicted to all kinds of drugs and all that stuff. Oh, definitely. Yeah, if he, if he would hang out with Dallas Strawberry and uh, uh, Dwight Gooden. You're right. Um, but but the the fact that they retired his number, the number two is going to be retired. I don't know. I, I, was he that great that he should get his number two retired as a Yankee? I, I guess because he's a cat, he's the captain. But um, I think he didn't I think put, you have to retire his number. I mean, the, how the Yankees, the Yankees, they're not going to have any numbers pretty soon. They're going to have to start giving out triple digit <laughs> numbers because they retired so many people. Uh, what I think, I think Yankee policy should be: if you play for the team for more than a season, you should get your number retired. And I think that Monument Park should be its own actual park. It should replace the Baseball Hall of Fame, and they should just put monuments of everybody who ever played, uh, you know, in the in pinstripes. As a matter of fact, there should be a special wing dedicated to ex-Mets who also played in pinstripes. <laughs> okay. So since we're really going off the deep end with the baseball, we might as well get into, because it's already 1140 and we have uh, quite a few other topics I want to get through before we close out our first show in like the last two months, is the fact that let's just talk about some WWE because, sir, before um, we took a hiatus, uh, the WWE was heading towards the biggest pay-per-view of the summer, being Summerfest. Summerfest? I mean, summer, uh, yeah, Summerfest, <laughs> between John Cena and Brock Lesnar. And um, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, I mean, on the air. So let me just tell you that 
when I saw this pay-per-view when I was down in Wildwood, um, you know, I, I thought the pay-per-view was pretty good, and then when it got to the main event, I didn't know what to expect. And then when, what, I, what I did see was just something that I thought I'd never see, which was Brock Lesnar, a part-time wrestler, pretty much obliterate John Cena uh, from pillar to post. I think John Cena got in like maybe two to three offensive moves. But other two than three that, offensive sir, moves too many, by the way. <laughs> but, sir, give me your take on what you saw when you saw it and um, the fact and that John Cena... And who you saw it with. <laughs> and who you saw it with. Give me your take on that because I, I was astonished. Um, yeah, I was astonished too, and and I, I'm gonna go on record of saying this now. I think that the rematch should be more of the same, but I actually think, and this is this is an all complete and under seriousness. Although I know it's gonna sound funny, I think that in the second match, I don't think that um, Cena should get a single offensive move in. I think that he should be completely destroyed and annihilated to the point where he basically, you know, it goes into like a semi-retirement. And he ends up, you know, leaving for a while, filming movies, whatever it is that he's going to do. And the reason I say that is because I honestly feel, I honestly feel like um, what Cena's done in his career as a, as a wrestler, I think he's done. I think it's over. You know, he needs to move on. He's getting, he's not getting any younger. And I'm really hoping that he doesn't, um, you know, he doesn't stick around for much longer because obviously I can't stand him. Um, but aside from that. I thought the match was... I thought it was good. I thought it was entertaining. I, I do think it was a bit much, simply because I felt like, you know, it was so slow-moving because of the, the types of maneuvers that Lesnar was doing that I think, in a sense, it was almost a, like a disservice, you know? Because, truthfully, I think that it was just a slow, just suplex after suplex after suplex, and that, you know, it, it got to be a little... Anno- for my, my personal things, I thought it got to be a little bit annoying. But, I mean, it was definitely entertaining, uh, you know, as far as the match itself went. So, what about you? What did you think? I know it was surprising. Yeah, I mean, you know, neither one of us thought it was going to be that bad. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be that bad. And you're right. It was slow-paced, but it was, uh, I guess, if I was going to justify it, it was methodical. And, and it was Brock Lesnar pretty much emasculating John Cena, if you will. Um, because, you know, we we talked about this for weeks on end before the pay-per-view. We talked about how... There's no way that John Cena can, can can win or carry the belts after SummerSlam, especially if you built Brock Lesnar and he beat you know the Undertaker, albeit the Undertaker is you know collecting Social Security. Uh, yeah, he's a shell of his <laughs> former self, obviously. But. Yeah, but you need you need Brock Lesnar to um, to win the belt um, at SummerSlam, and um, when he did it in that fashion, again, I was so shocked and. Um, you know, 15 suplexes. And, uh, you know, at one point I started thinking to myself, like I looked at John Cena and the guy was turning so, like, pink and blue. He was torn, turning different colors. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, is this guy going to just throw up on the, uh, on, the, on the mat? Because he looked so nauseous at one point with these German suplexes. And, you know, what's, what's funny, too, is that he did, didn't he do, like, 15 suplexes? And nobody picked up on the fact that, I think he did one suplex for every championship reign that John Cena had in the WWE. I actually think it was 16 suplexes, so I think that would kind of destroy your theory. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, the, the amount of suplexes was, was just, it was insane. It was just so over the top. You know, it was just suplex after suplex after suplex. And, yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. I appreciate a good suplex here and there. But to me, it was just like, all right, enough already. Jeez. I mean, I would have liked I would like there more to have happened in the match than just John Cena suplexing, you know, getting suplexed, uh, you know, into oblivion. Because to me, that was just, that was just too much. Yeah. So we'll get back to this, but I just want, I don't want to I want to I don't want to you know not talk about it before the show ends. So we had talked about this too at nauseum is that the fact that leading up to SummerSlam, I had seen things on the internet, and you could find a lot of things on the internet, rumors and everything like that talking about how the WWE was going to change their, their logo and go oh with the network logo. This, this is the <laughs> price I pay for, for not having done this show in like a month. The fact that we're <laughs> going to go back to stuff that we shouldn't even be discussing. Well, I have to get it out there because I'm a belt freak. So anyway, the, the WWE decided to go with this whole new network logo theme across the board, and which led me to start reading articles about how they're going to change the belt, they're going to do this, this, that. So finally the big gold was finally, the big gold championship belt was retired after SummerSlam when Brock Lesnar took both belts, and on Monday night they presented him with a new belt 
called, I guess they call it the network logo belt. There's not much difference except for the main plate has the new W um, logo from the network, and then the world, the, the the name World Heavyweight Champion, which yes, I I really don't like. I'll be honest with you, but it's on there, so uh, whatever. Um, what I find interesting too, sir, is the fact that they presented it to Brock Lesnar the night after SummerSlam, and he's the guy that's going to carry the new belt. First, give me your take on the new belt, and then tell me your thoughts on on Brock Lesnar now being like, has it been successful, or do you think it's pretty much not working that a part-time champion now this guy's a world champion, he doesn't really show up on any more Raws, he shows up here and there. Is it working? Is it effective? And again, give me your thoughts on the belt itself. I mean, I don't like I don't like the idea, the part-time idea. Uh, you know, I, I never have. I've never thought that it's been a good thing. Um, you know, but again, he is the champion, so it is what it is. What can you do? I I think that Brock is good. Uh, you know, I'm a fan in a sense, but I also feel like it's kind of not working because yeah, he's showing up more than he was before, but he's not showing up. When you have your champion pretty much doing video promos and you have his manager doing all the work, you know, I, I do have a problem with that. But um, I guess it's kind of par for the course because that's just the way that the WWE is right now. That's the way that it's going to be. I think. And I think at the end of the day, you know, Lesnar was the right guy to take the belt off Cena. I think that Lesnar is uh, is a guy who, you know, realistically just he's he's realistic, you know. And I know that sounds as weird as that sounds. I think he's a realistic type champion because he's a guy you could honestly see saying, "Well, you know, I could see Brock Lesnar doing this. I could see Brock Lesnar, you know, beating the Undertaker. I could see Brock Lesnar legitimately hurting people." And I think that's kind of uh, that's kind of the advantage that Lesnar has. And, again, I do like Brock. Um, I like him more now than I did, you know, back in the day. I just feel like the part-time thing, it, it, it's a double-edged sword. It works and it doesn't work. And it's only because John, uh, John Cena, it's only because Paul Heyman is so great at what he does. But I, I just, I don't love the idea that the champ is never there and the champ is basically, you know, cutting video promos and that's the only way, you know, you see anything from the only man to ever kill a shark. Yep. What do you think, sir? Because you're you're getting awful quiet over there. No, I I, I first want your take on because I'm a belt freak too. Tell me about the Dune oh, Network sorry, belt. The title belt, the title belt. Uh, you know, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I don't like the logo. I think it's. I think they could have done so much better and just made it, you know, something more than what it is. But you know, being it, it is what it is. Basically, I think that. You know, they made the bell. I didn't think they were going to. I didn't see the point of it. I still don't see the point of it. But, you know, they want to push the WWE Network, and they want to push that whole thing. And, you know, it just, I mean, I got the bell. I had it for, like, you know, two days, and it's already outdated. So that kind of sticks in my craw, as it were. But, um, you know, I I don't think it's as bad as I thought it was going to be. I don't love it, though, either, to be honest with you. The the big logo belt that you have now is definitely better um, than the network one. So just be happy that you do have the better of the two. I would say, sir. Oh yeah, definitely. But regardless, I mean, the belt didn't get wasn't there for very long. It's not like I it didn't get any play, as it were. So it's it right. outdated. Like the day the day I got it, pretty much it became outdated. <laughs> it was only what sixteen days later it became outdated. Yeah, which is which is insane. But it's neither here nor there. I'll uh, give you your thoughts on it. Well, again, the belt itself is is just, you know, it's not much different than the logo belt that you have. So um, I, I see what they want to do. They want to make sure everything was, like, consistent across the company um, to have the WWE Network logo on everything. So they decided to do that. And they made slight changes to the Intercontinental title, the U.S. title, um, the tag team titles. They all have the new logo on it now. I guess the biggest difference is the world title because of the W. You could, you know, it's plain and see, plain to see that there's a big difference on that. Um, and just, you know, in terms of Brock Lesnar, the one question I have is that now that he beat John Cena, he's probably going to beat him again at Night of Champions. I mean, it only makes sense to. I mean, uh, have they painted themselves? A, have they put themselves? A, are they pigeonholing themselves? In the fact that I don't know who Brock Lesnar could fight now. I mean, they. 
tell me they're not saving Roman Reigns all the way to WrestleMania. I mean, there's no way that you could save him now to WrestleMania. I think at the very least that I think Roman Reigns has to fight Brock Lesnar at, at Survivor Series, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't see anyone else that could contend against Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I definitely don't think that he. They should save it to WrestleMania, but I still think that's what they're gonna do, sir. I don't see them going any other route. I think that you know they look at Roman as the as the future of the company, and I think that we're just kind of gonna be stuck with him, basically. So, do you think that Brock Lesnar, after he beats John Cena in a week or so, um, faces somebody like I don't know the Big Show? I mean, who who else can yeah, I, can I Brock Lesnar? I heard the Big Show's the next guy they have lined up, which I mean makes no sense because. They've killed any credibility the Big Show could have had years ago. So I think right. it's a bad move, but, you know, it's nothing new for the WWE to pick guys who have been completely, who have no credibility. They strip they strip a guy of their credibility, and then they want you to believe in him again. And, you know, like Kane, you know, the, the devil's favorite demon or whatever stupid moniker it is that they give him. After they make the guy a complete laughingstock for years, they all of a sudden want you to think that he's a legitimate contender again. And it's the same thing with Big Show. I mean, do you remember the Big Show crying for his job, begging like a dog? I mean, you know. <laughs> yep. When I think of the Big Show, that's what I'm thinking. I'm not thinking, man, this guy's... At, some, at one point, the Big Show w- was credible, but not anymore. Right. So, the, I mean, the only other storyline, and it's it's horrendous, we talked about this earlier today, um, off the air, is the fact that this whole, like, angle between Brie Bella and Nikki Bella is so bad because I, I, they're not good wrestlers, they're divas, and who really wants... Who gives a crap about two divas that are fighting over each other? I mean... Yes, I did not see the swerve that the WWE decided to go with at SummerSlam where Stephanie won the match because um, Nikki Bella turned on Brie Bella. But who, at the, at, right after that, I was thinking to myself, who cares? And I hope this feud is now over after one pay-per-view match. But they've continued to carry the stupid saga on, and it's like the second biggest storyline in the WWE right now. How dumb is that? That's the part that gets me is the fact that they've given it so much play. It, it is the biggest storyline in the company, which makes absolutely no sense. Um, you know, it's almost bigger than John Cena and, you know, and, uh, and Brock Lesnar. It's getting that much play, and, and it, it just baffles me. Because who, I mean, who cares? Other than the fact that the, that the Bellas are terrible actresses, you know, they, and they're, the thing that gets me is that they're both equally as bad. You, you know that they're twins because their twin powers activate, and they're both horrific actresses <laughs> on the same level with all, only matched by each other in terms of awful. And I just don't get it. I don't get who in the WWE thought that this was interesting. I don't get who in the WWE said. And I know it's because of Total Divas, which is which is ridiculous. But, I mean, damn, who the hell cares about this? I can't think of anybody who likes this or anybody who thinks this is good entertainment. You're right. And now... Nikki Bella is in a three-way for the, the the women's title, the women's diva title, with uh, Paige and. Um, I'm, I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you. Um, you know, clarified it's the women's diva title versus I don't know what the hell title, what other <laughs> title they would have had. But thanks for that, sir. You're right, but the fact that Nikki Bell is now in a title match with Paige and AJ in a three-way dance. I mean, I, I guess they're going to have Nikki Bell win the belt. And just carry the belt, and then have a a big match with with Bree. I don't know at Survivor oh, Series wait. or whatever. That's gonna, what? that's gonna be awesome. No, I'm sorry, I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait till till that happens. Jeez, I don't know if they're gonna give him the title. I just don't understand. Again, who thinks that this is good wrestling? Who thinks that this is entertainment? Who thinks that people want to see this? Because the fact of the matter is, there isn't a person alive. I don't even think the Bells want to see this. I don't even think JJ. Oh, by the way, I, I love the fact that. Um, Jerry Springer called the brother J.J. Bella because, of course, you know, Bella is their last name in real life. But, geez, uh, that, that was a joke, that whole Jerry Springer <laughs> angle. And the fact that Jerry Springer still has a TV show, that is the biggest surprise it made to me. The fact that I had to look it up and I found that Jerry still in the air. How, how was that even possible? Yeah. I, I also think that the fact that the, um, you know, they had, the WWE pretty much advertised two weeks ago that they'd have Sam Bra- um, Michael Sam on the show on Raw uh, this past Monday, and then the totally like changed because when he signed with the Dallas Cowboys, I'm sure that he wasn't going to show up on Raw anymore, so they had to go with something else. They, I guess they found Jerry Springer last minute, last second, to get in and, and premiere. And then the the fact that the WWE decides that they're, they're a show that like has a season and that their premiere <laughs> of the season the is season in September when we know that 
when we know that the storylines really reset at WrestleMania, how do you have a season premiere in September? I mean, it, the the consistency, the, the the logic behind that is baffles me because we know that the season starts again after right after WrestleMania. Well, the fact that they even they're even trying to make it seem like it's weekly episodic television and everything else to me has always been ridiculous because we all know that the WWE is not like any other form of scripted entertainment. I mean, if anything, we have that much. It's different. But when you see these people acting as if, you know, the, the, acting as if this is uh, this is regular TV, it, it's just, that that has always baffled me. To be honest with you, it really has. You're right. You're right. I've, I've never understood. Um, yeah. So Night of Champions is still a week away, so we could probably break down the card next uh, next week. The only other note that I want to mention about next week too is um, hopefully. Actually, you you have a guest that you have lined up, and maybe in a week or so we could get on this this gentleman that I've been in contact with. His name is Dave Millicon, and for people that are wrestling belt freaks like myself know that he's the guy that actually makes the belts for the WWE. He's contracted them. The only two belts that, unfortunately, he hasn't made is because um, Orange County Choppers, OCC, uh, were contracted to make those delays, two belts, the, the one that you have, the big logo and the network belt. Those belts actually were not made by Dave Millicon, but he's pretty much made the Intercontinental title. He's worked with uh, the, making the Winged Eagle, the Attitude Belt. So uh, I've been in contact with him, sir, and within the next couple of weeks, I think we can have him on the show and just talk about wrestling, talk about because he's a big wrestling fan, and just talk about the fact that his life is spent just making WWE belts. And he also works for other smaller federations and companies and indies. Um, but for the most part, his income comes from the WWE, so it's pretty cool that we'll have him on the show in the next couple of weeks. Definitely, I mean, I look forward to that. Just the fact that you've been in touch with him is interesting because that, that that could be that could be a great show in and of itself. Just listening to this guy rant and rave about belts, and since you're such a belt whore, uh, you know that that should definitely be <laughs> make make for some interesting TV. You're probably you're probably going to sell yourself to this guy just to get a couple of belts. I mean, you know, that, that, that's, how, that's how pathetic you are. Let's be honest about that, folks. Let's be honest about the fact that I have the biggest scum sucker, you know, for a partner uh, as far as as far as a co-host goes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. When it comes to belts, I'm definitely a freak about that kind of stuff. So um, we'll see when we can get him on. Again, it should be within the next couple of weeks. We'll have him on. We'll talk wrestling. We'll talk about the belts and um you know, just talk about his passion for just making belts, which is, is, is to me, fascinating. Um, of so course, with about know, four anything is fascinating. Yep. With about four minutes to go, I just want to say that tomorrow is already, un- uh, which is crazy, unfortunate, sad, um, whatever words that you want to use, is, is going to be the 13th anniversary of 9-11. And, and again, I still remember that day like uh, it was yesterday in terms of where I was. Um, just how the day unfolded, and you know, also not only is 9/11 a sad day for most Americans, but it's also my mom's birthday, who's not with us anymore. So she would have been um, 62 tomorrow, and you know, that's doubly as hard tomorrow for me, considering it's her birthday tomorrow. And then 9/11 on top of that, 2001, the tragic events that pretty much changed the world, changed the way we live. I feel like that that one day. Um, made us vulnerable. I always thought, as Americans, we would always be like the superpower, sir, where we'd be, un, you know, untouchable, and you know, we'd always, it'd always be things happening, you know, not on American soil. And then when that happened, I felt like, yeah, like anything could happen. Now you have this whole ISIS thing. So, you know, 13 years ago, I think our entire world, our lives changed, and um, I don't think. I don't think I don't feel safe anymore, to be honest with you. And, and as uh, we have a president, you know, I guess we call him President Obama, but to me, <laughs> he's he's a bigger farce than than Rex Ryan and Vince McMahon put together because uh, he's just an utter joke, to be honest with you. He had a press conference tonight. I didn't even watch it. I mean, talking about how we're not going to use ground troops for this ISIS attack or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I actually but heard it, it's that. A, I watched it with my wife. It's a joke. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a complete joke. utter joke, the Democratic Party. And then for him to be, you know, to like, you know, all Democrats, what, what do they do? They rip the Republicans, they rip George Bush. But George Bush handled the war much better than this guy. He's a complete utter joke. So just as we close out, 9-11, give me your just quick thoughts on that and just rip the president for me, please. 
<laughs> well, I think he did a pretty good job of that. I actually watched the press conference, and it was just un- unreal. I mean, he pretty much said nothing. I know that there's some controversy. What gets me is the fact that he refers to the, the Islamic group as ISIL, when everybody calls it ISIS, and the L standing for the Levant, which is an area that pretty much covers most of the Middle East, um, including Israel. So it's, it's, I mean, from one perspective, I read another article that kind of contradicts that, but it basically it's like he's saying he's referring to the group as what they want to be, not what they actually are. So bit greater than what they are. But, um, I mean, he's a terrible president. We all know that. Uh, I just, you know, he says that, the, that the, no religion condemns, uh, you know, no religion condones killing of innocents, even though clearly he hasn't done his history. He doesn't know anything about the Islamic religion, because regardless of what, what they may tell you, they condone killing Christians and Jews, anyone who doesn't convert. Kind of like the Crusades, and, you know, we, you look at your history books, the Catholic Church, what they did, you know, back in those times, a black eye definitely for the church, but, you know, killing those who don't convert, same thing, same idea, same principle, it's in the Quran, it's what they believe, so let, let's not lie about that, Obama, because that's all you do is lie, because you're a lying scum sucker. Um, but like you said, you can't have any sort of confidence in this guy. You can't think, man, this president, he's a great president. He, he stinks. He's a terrible president. He's a terrible human being. He just, he's awful on every level that you can imagine. Um, and the truth of the matter is, like you said, we're not safe. We're, we're in more danger than ever. And he's talking about, yeah, we're, gonna send, we're not sending ground troops anywhere. We're going to send, you know, 475, you know, uh, servicemen who are going to support, the, you know, this and support that. And, I mean, just, just no definitive action taken other than the fact that he talked about the the airstrikes, it sounded like he was more trying to cover up for his love of Islam and the fact that, you know, he's a Muslim sympathizer, you know, a extreme Muslim sympathizer, I guess, more than anything else, because obviously not all Muslims think that you should bomb everybody in, in the sense of, you know, what, what uh, the terrorist bombers do and the suicide bombers, but, you know, it sounded like he was more trying to cover up for, for it's, oh, they're not Islam, and, you know, shut up, Obama, everybody knows they are, get over it. Aside from that, September 11, like you said, I definitely remember where I was. Um, I remember going to Seton Hall on my way to school. I remember listening to Imus in the morning. I remember watching the first plane hit on CNN, which I never, which is, you know, I mentioned this before, but I never watched uh, morning television. I never watched, uh, just cartoons, <laughs> to be honest with you. I never watched anything of any significance. And the, the one day that I happened to turn it on was 9-11, which is crazy. Um, but then I look at it. And the, the one tower is falling, and I'm, I'm on my way to school. I'm going to Spanish class, and then they canceled school, obviously, because of this. So, you know, I got there in the middle of class. Somebody burst in, uh, an African-American woman telling us that the second tower had fallen. The, you know, the second tower has fallen. You know, school's canceled. Uh, it was just a crazy, crazy time, and I can't believe it's been 13 years, sir. I honestly can't believe it. But like you said, you remember where you were. Uh, you remember what you were doing. It's just one of those times in history. It really is. Um so yeah, it's officially 9/11 now because we're we're past midnight. It's 12:02 as we're wrapping up. Um, just to, you know, I, I don't want to end on that kind of note because it's an unfortunate, sad day. Even though it's called Patriot Day now, like they've named the the 9/11 Patriot Day. Just a quick question for you in terms of entertainment because we didn't really get to talk about anything. Um, any news on any type of movies that we might be interested in talking about? In the near future, like has has there any been any updates in the the new Batman versus Superman movie or or anything in the I mean, entertainment world that you want to bring up? Just pictures and stuff for the most part that you can view online. Um, nothing that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, you know, it's just I'm more interested in what's going to happen on the the small screen for DC. You know, Flash yeah. is coming out. They they said that they cast someone to be um, Ra's al Ghul. In the in the Arrow show, so basically, and I mentioned this before. I, have you watched Arrow at all, sir? I've unfortunately seen three episodes, and that was it. You are truly just the worst of the worst, a total low life. But you know, let's not go there right now. Um, it's basically a Dark Knight <laughs> trilogy, but with, but with uh, you know the Green Arrow instead of Batman. It's still great. Don't get me wrong, but that's pretty much what it is. And they cast someone to be, like I said, Rayshar Gould, so that should be interesting. And it's just a great show, so I'm excited to see what they have in that aspect. And it should be good stuff, sir. And doesn't Gotham City come out, or Gotham, whatever it is, on the 22nd? Uh, yeah, Gotham comes out. So, I mean, I'll watch it. I'm sure you will, too. Yeah. 
I will too. It's it, it, you know it goes against Raw, so I might be DVRing it and just watching it at a later time. So um, we'll see. Definitely, sir. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking about it in this show. Yeah. So uh, I know you you're talking about a potential guest for next week. So close out this week and just give everyone a preview for next week, sir. Uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to see. Uh, I can't give out any names or numbers or anything. I don't want to get sued. But okay. it should be interesting. I'm working on several several guests, actually, to try to get them in. And, of course, you said that the, the guy that you'll be selling your, your soul to pretty soon, you know, the guy who doesn't love himself. <laughs> so it should be exciting. But, um, you know, make sure you check us out next week. I, I think we'll be back to a regular schedule sometime soon until the next time we're not regularly scheduled. <laughs> um, as always, thank you so much for checking us out. For one of you out there listening, which is probably uh, Neil from Belleville, so thanks to Neil for uh, you know listening. as always faithful faithful member of the, of the team and maybe Todd was out there listening because Todd obviously has nothing better to do um, check us out com. for JB this is DG reminding you to always keep it PG and uh, being that I am not anywhere near my computer Joe if you could hit the uh, the sound bite the, that we close out the show with that'd be greatly appreciated ah of course of course and like Dave said it's it's great to um, to be back in the saddle again What's okay. the name of your show? Uh, pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. You guys are awesome. Yes, we are, Nikki. Good night, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Woo! Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.